Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hey, everybody, how's it doing? How's it going? Uh, we have another night of Q&A for you, um, eager listeners. Um, we have David and myself again. We have been taking chips one night, one one week at a time, away at this crazy backlog of questions. So we hope to take you know a, a bigger dig into it tonight and see if we can uh, make some progress. We always try to take some questions from chat as well. So um, you know we'll try to mix it up a little bit so we can kind of kind of deplete both of those buckets. So let's bring in David. I waste no time. Just see drinking some water. Give him a second to swallow, and there he is. Hello, David. Perfect timing. Yes. Perfect timing. So hey, let's just, how you doing? I'm good, you. That's bad. That's bad. I got things packed tight tonight. I came right out of one meeting. Um, now we're doing this, and then I have um, another meeting afterwards. It's like no rest for the wicked, my friend. Yeah, never a dull moment. I'm sure you know the feeling. So let's jump so into what, it right away. We can just kind of dig in. Unless so what kind of night is it going to be? Are we going to be drawn by question from chat, know. or are we actually going to dig know. a little bit in our backlog you honestly never questions. know what these with these these fine fine human beings in our chat they can always All surprise right, let's, us. let's do this we will leave five seconds to to chat okay that's it with something five seconds if not, entertain we'll, us <laughs> if not we'll go with the uh, the, the yeah. backlog oh uh -oh, there you someone, go <laughs> nice well played well played all right let's do this one i didn't even, I didn't even read it read it i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna you know just let's it's just, just do gonna it. put it. i don't even know what do you plan for the future of agora there are a lot of talks about directing and entrepreneurship on this channel and i was wondering if it inspired something new for you Ooh. Mm. Hmm. something new well i would say there's definitely two sides of uh agora there's a uh, agora studio who's a uh, virtual animation studio offering mainly service to uh, studios but we are uh, starting to gear up to uh, try to work on our own production as well and there's the agra community side of things that is more a we see it more as our contribution for the uh, uh the community that's an initiative initiative that we started um a year year and a half uh, ago or at least we started to talk about it um more seriously um when was it, Brent? I would say maybe April 2020, uh, maybe a month after the uh, the, the beginning mm -hmm. of the, uh, the the lockdown is I probably when we had. Yeah, I, I remember it. I, I remember it being colder than that. I remember it being closer to like uh, March, to be honest. But that's only a month away from yeah. April, so I guess. But it was around there. It was the beginning of the year, first quarter for sure. Yeah, and I think it was the, the uh, a mix of multiple idea. Uh, this idea of you know how can we contribute at the same time? We've had this idea of you know maybe there's some people that are uh, looking mm -hmm. just to get uh, uh, feedback from expert of the uh, industry at the most uh, affordable price. Then we thought about sharing some uh, free additional educational content. 
uh, those ideas of having live stream or podcast creating uh, event with anim challenge and the ultimate challenge and all that so i'd say it's something that just evolved uh, over time with a lot of those um, uh, of those ideas mm-hmm. um at the end at the end of the day we I think we're we're looking to try to democratize, you know, the sharing of knowledge in general. Uh, we saw that, you know, from brick and mortar school to online school, and now uh, knowledge is all over the place. It, it, it's accessible. It, it's just that it's it's all over the place. It's not easy to to find good, accessible, free. Uh, edu- uh, educational knowledge. So that was kind of the main thing that we tried to do in the uh, um, in the first place. And even those Q and A, those discussion that that we bring, uh, I don't know if they we, we can say that they are specifically knowledge that that we're sharing, but we do feel that there is little pieces and bits of of, of knowledge in there that ideally uh, we, we we can share and then extract and put in the library and with a proper tax system it is going to uh to be there so i'm trying to uh, come back to to the question what would be future plan of uh agora we can uh go in multiple direction but uh brent would you like to talk a little bit about the learning path yeah that, uh so- we're there's, I mean, there, there's just, you guys are only seeing the tip of the iceberg as far as I'm concerned. Like there were like, we had pretty big plans and we became, was one of the biggest chores was at the beginning when we started talking, it was like me, Jacob Gardner, my, um, David and, and, and Pat. And, you know, I don't think most of you haven't met Pat yet. I'd love for that to happen one day. Um, but Pat, the magical, the magical wizard of Oz, um, he, um, a, a was sort of kind of in very important part of that process because we had big ideas but we needed to make sure that these things like had some sort of you know they needed to be viable like there's like you know there's one thing to have great ideas there's a whole other thing to be able to do it and so we 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 painstakingly sort of boiled it down this big idea into what would be the first step but that first step needed to be something that gave at least a little bit of um, inspiration as to where we could be going but also making it accessible to actually achieve because we we were bold we're, we're bold enough to try to say it's going to be September. We want this to happen in September. This was last year. And so we gave ourselves like a deadline and we were like, whatever we put out, it needs to be done. It has to be doable by September. So, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we did that because otherwise, you know, artists like, you know, I'm sure a lot of you out there, maybe even all of you can relate to what I'm about to say. We all tend to be a bit perfectionist. And it's very easy to sit there and like, you know, analysis paralysis is, I think, a, a term that I hear a lot. And uh, perfectionists really struggle with this. There's another reason why a lot of us are procrastinators is because deep down we want it to be perfect and we don't know how to start unless we have a clear vision to the finish line. We are all guilty of this in, in some level, um, but we couldn't allow ourselves to be like that. And luckily, David was there to kind of continue, continue to remind us, look, yeah, for sure it could be all those things. But you know what? It's not right now. Nothing unless we get something <laughs> out there. So can we just get that ball? Just what is that first thing? And then we so we figured it out and uh, we put it out there but like i you know i could go on for hours about all the things that we want to see happen but we also mm-hmm. the other cool part of it is we by putting one thing out there a lot of the original expectations have sort of changed a little bit because we're letting the community help guide us where it needs to go and so the learning path is what david was talking about this is something we really wanted to do it's it's kind of it's not really implemented to be completely honest we put it out there 
to sort of sort of trial it out a little bit, sort of figure it out as we as we go. But basically, what they should end up being a lot like is what you see in a lot of places like Udemy, where you could like subscribe to a path of learning, and it's cur it's curated for you. So there's like there's episodes. The other cool thing we can actually do is we can actually, as you're learning, we could also because we have obviously the, a lot of other data on the platform that's related to the subject matter, we could be like, hey, further further watching. We could suggest a bunch of things. We clearly see that you're interested in quadrupeds. Well, maybe while you're, while you're going through this or maybe after you're done this, maybe you should take a look at this handful of quadruped videos now that you have a bit of a good foundation on that. So basically, mm -hmm. we, we think that we can really leverage a lot of this collective knowledge, but then thread it very carefully through the needle um, to have very, very um, highly accessible first steps for people that might be just starting out. Because we recognize one of the things we got back right away from the community was, man, you have a lot of really good stuff here for sure. There's no, no denying that, but man, I don't even know where to start. And because there's a lot of people that are literally thinking, hey, I could maybe like learn how to animate by just soaking up all these vibes and all this great information and then maybe getting feedback when we need when, when we need it. And we, you know, we originally thought that. We never thought we were trying to replace schools but we were seeing ourselves as a way of at least maybe bolstering education. You could like come, you know, be part of Agora community as you're learning or maybe after you're learning. And some people are thinking maybe instead of going to a school and that's fine too, like whatever, whatever works. And so we, we recognize that we needed to step up a little bit more. So we have two that are kind of, we have three actually in the works and I've, you've heard me talk about it before. Amaru who's doing his uh, lives on Saturdays. Although the first one was a bit of a, a it didn't go as well as planned. Um, and um, he had a power outage this Saturday. So uh, apparently the, 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 the odds are not in this man's favor right now, but it's fine. It'll, it, we'll get over those little hiccups and he'll get going and those recordings will end up in the libraries. If you want to see it live, go ahead. Um, and then we have, um, Skylar who's doing the intro to, to animation and unreal. And then we have, uh, Marcos who is like a, uh, intro to, uh, quadrupeds. We're going to get a lot more. That's the plan, um, over the time being, but we're, we're using those three as sort of a test pilot. And we're also putting a bunch of new features in to make that a little bit more of a pleasant experience for you. So. That's one of many things that we see growing, in, you know, as, as this thing grows. Yeah, we, we want to, there is definitely um, um, good footage, good video, good training that is already uh, accessible uh, out there. And with permission, we're going to bring it to Agora community. Uh, we are also creating our, our own content. So eventually, we almost vision it as a tree of knowledge that, okay, mm -hmm. you want to start with, Again, we're taking uh, animation, but it might be way more than animation eventually. But okay, basic animation here, a little bit more advanced. Now you have character or you want to go more towards creature animation. Well, you have creature here and then another branch will be like all the flying creature and until something that's going to be very uh, specific, uh, you will be able to see all the all the progress that the dev 2 has done and we'd like to include some gamification in there that is going to provide some reward system to 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 progress so you get those reward you get those little rush of dopamine but instead of looking at you know any social media you're actually learning as you uh as you go um so the goal for now is you know providing all this uh, uh all this material for for free and if at some point and having some assignment that are going to be there with, that's linked with the uh assets that we also have for for free on the platform so you can learn for free you can have assignment you can work on those uh, assignments with the, the rigs and the assets that we're providing eventually you might need some feedback of your work and then we're going to have very uh, affordable one-on-one -on -one private mentoring session with whoever you choose to uh, to to um, 
to review your uh, your work. So that's kind of one side of how we see it uh, evolve. Uh, I would very much like to see what we can do with uh, uh, crowdsourcing in, in the mm -hmm. sense of having people in the community once we have a very dynamic community mm -hmm. and people have their own provide and they can communicate with each other uh, some people might sign whether they're students or professional might want to start a project hey i have this cool storyboard that i had for uh, ever that i've never found the motivation to to do oh well there's actually two character artists that are inter interested mm -hmm. to participate then we have two rigor when then we have three animators and by providing the this platform that's going to allow all those all those uh, connection uh it might be interesting to see how creative this is going totally to, uh, to, yep. to become and we are already doing some challenges we're already with frame by frame providing some mm -hmm. different content so it's really how can we steer the pot uh, and just have a very dynamic community that is going yep. to learn and entertain each other and collaborate with uh, with each other a lot of it comes from like looking back and you know what would what would have been nice when we were learning you know a lot of that kind of like thoughts like what 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 you know what do people need to feel supported in their in their sort of uh, in their 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 story arc with regards to learning this this craft and the other crafts that we plan on supporting in the future so i think basically that comes down to sharing knowledge having accessible accessibility to knowledge having some system to get feedback from from people that have a lot more experience so that you can you know essentially get some sort of you know constructive criticism as you're moving forward and also a way of networking with with uh, other like other professionals at different levels and that networking could lead to things like Dave is talking about. I mean, why can't the why can't the platform even grow into like almost an incubator? You know, you take a look at a lot of these incubator like um, organizations that really just bring people in that have like minded ideas and they want to build something together and they're supported. Well, take a look around. This is we're already kind of doing that. We can we already have a bunch of mentors that might be able to like help out. Like I think that the, this is where it's going to probably grow because that's the next evolution of learning is it's one thing to, to learn. It's a whole other thing to do. And you most people are going to agree that doing is where most of the learning really comes. And I think that's why, for instance, um, and which is it's a sad, a sad truth. What I'm about to say, I, I don't find internships be a very popular thing in 3d a lot of the companies around here don't really they do they, they do it for programmers but they don't seem to do it for artists very often and that's sad because um, that's where you typically learn the most is if you can be on an actual job with actual job expectations with an actual supervisor and the stresses that come with this it's like you know and i don't mean bad stress i mean good stress i mean the kind of like i need to deliver this so i better like figure it out this is um, this is what you miss when you're in school often because, you know, like you get a little bit of it because you don't want to flunk out, but it's not quite the same. And I think anybody who's left school and gone into a gotten their first job, they totally know what I'm talking about. It's it's a different world. And that's where the real learning happens. And so if we can even simulate some of that and try to get some actual practical work kind of work experience working with others. And so you could actually, you know, sh ship a viable product in some way. That would be pretty cool. That would be something yeah. that you might not have been able to do it by yourself because these projects are not easy to do by yourself. A big, like a short film or like a little game, like you can do it, but like, yeah, it's not, that's not a small effort. Yeah, it's it's really interesting the the point that you mentioned about uh, internship because if eventually we can start those those uh, uh, project those little short film and all that that there's yeah. a lot of people that are participating then yeah. it's a perfect. Uh, way for uh, exactly. students to participate and learn from veteran that would be exactly. there to provide uh, feedback. Again, exactly. if we have a dynamic uh, uh, system uh, uh, that that allows that, uh, people will will come. 
I think a lot of the motivation is, uh, as you mentioned, we, we've both been supervisors before and we've both been teaching and even uh, working on, on developing program in, in different school. And it's almost like we got to the point and I say, we, we did that, we did that. I mean, I started to teach maybe t 10 years ago. So it feels that a decade after we're at a point that, okay, we're not bored with teaching, but mm -hmm. we feel that what's the next step? What yeah, is the it next can be better than this. Of, yeah. It can be way better. It can be more engaging. It can be yep. more fun. It can be more dynamic. It, totally. It, that's why gamification is something that huge. It might take some time. It might take yep. two, three, four years, but it, it's going it's to come. It's coming. It's definitely for, coming. For sure. It was big uh, in our and, early conversations. Yeah. And, and I think it's just really, again, at the beginning of the pandemic where everyone yeah, yeah. at home and we're like, okay, what do we do now? It was just the push to move forward. Yeah. And now we're just stuck at continuing. Because, yeah, that's you know, it. We have, we have no choice. Yeah. This train we're, already went, exactly. so we're like, okay. It left the station. Now we're just trying to like put the wheels still on the train while it's moving forward down the track, maybe laying a little track ahead of it too. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of that. And you have to keep in mind that the most of the people that work, like who are part of the Agora team, this is not our full-time job. Like if you only knew the chaos that surrounds these kind, like I told you, I give you a hint. I literally came out of a meeting and I will be going into another meeting literally right after the stream. And that's, that's a, that's pretty typical. I think for a lot of the people that are doing Agora, I mean, I know David, he gets up very early and then it like the fact that he's even willing to stream till 10 is kind of impressive because he's got like, he's negative on energy by that point. Cause he's up early and he doesn't stop until, until he drops. So it's, um, you know, it's so that's another thing, too. Like, and we like to think that it's uh, eventually we'll find a re good recipe where this sustains itself. Um, you know, full transparency. It's not currently sustaining itself. This is something that we believe in. And we're pushing anyways. And we want to find ways of making sure that it does. Um, because, I mean, it's all right now. It's all free. The only thing you have to pay for is if you want to access to a review. That's like literally the only money that's coming in the door. We don't advertise. We don't do corporate sponsorship. Um, but eventually we'd like to try to find some way of, of having it really sustainable. So that way, maybe we can get more people full time on the platform and we can see maybe a little bit uh, a bit more aggressive um advancements on the platform we don't want to rush it either but it would help i think i think david and i talk about this a lot like the one thing holding back um you know faster development is just having more time to be able to put towards yeah. it so right now we're literally trying to get it going as well as we can and we're putting all of our blood sweat and tears into it but it's uh there's only so much time in the time you have after all the time all the other things are being done <laughs> i mean one last thing to talk about like gamification came up but the other thing you think about like the networking part i think is interesting one of the earlier conversations we had was like profiles like that's the other obvious mm -hmm. thing like we were a little like we we put in so there was a big it wasn't long ago it was not, maybe a few months ago we were like okay well it was actually more than a few months ago it was several months it was be like i think it was last year when we finally we put discord right discord was something we decided to do because we looked at our options for having actual like you know, actual, you know, chatting, like we have, you can make comments on, on videos that are posted, but the, but the thing that's missing is that the, those, it doesn't work with mentions. So you can't like mention someone else and be like, and then they'll get pinged because they get a notification just like Facebook. And it's like, Oh, that's a cool article. I should read that. These things are kind of, you know, missing and we want to do those things, but we decided that we would wait until we actually had a proper profile for people. And when we talk about, when we talk about profiles, what we mean is it's like, you know, you know, not like old school MySpace, but something that's probably somewhere between, you know, what Facebook offers and what LinkedIn offers, something that's dynamic, something that feels like your home, um, a digital home for, for art, um, but also a kind of a conversational hub as well. So that interestingly, we kind of mused at this idea that, you know, 
the community itself and people that are involved in the community and helping other people out in the community and just being a good community person. This is one of those things that is often missing in the, in the sort of the interview, right? Someone wants to, someone's interested in you. You have a demo reel. They're going to meet you. They're looking, do you have a good personality? Well, there's one thing to have, try to glean all that information from one conversation. It's a whole other thing to like be able to kind of take a look at your, your sort of like just your, your involvement with a community and imagine one day that people are literally looking like at that, like maybe a recruiter and they're kind of getting a, a bigger, a bigger picture of, of who you are as, as an artist and as a team player that gives them a much better, more 360 to view of who you are. And so we want to be able to build all the things that allow you to, 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 to shine like the bright little stars that you can be and to be recognized for that, recognized by us, recognized by your peers, and maybe even recognized by um, possible future employers is basically one of the other elements icing on the cake to this whole sort of dessert we're trying to build here yeah there, there's a lot of so many things so many things I, we could literally go on all night about this but eventually we, we we might just share all the crazy idea that that, yeah, that we had and there totally. are some of them that are just oh yeah we are there but you oh, have yeah. a, uh, joe animate you mentioned that hell yeah get me those sweet sweet agora points oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely something it's we we, we thought about on but, the books yeah but imagine if in the gamification system you have your uh, avatar or you know whatever represents you, uh, your scorecard or or your uh, you know whatever that that, that would be, uh, yeah. that is directly influenced by how much you give back, uh, how how much uh, you know constructive uh, feedback you have provided to yeah. others, how much you have contributed to the the the, the comments that there is under the videos, a, a system that will recognize the uh, people that are highly mm -hmm. engaged and helping others, yeah. and in this idea of you know. Uh, giving forward something that we're doing now, but we want to eventually encourage people mm -hmm. to to do the same. Having a system that's going to provide social currency yep. uh, by doing so. So if we're able to find it, and even if we start with something that is very as niche as uh, um, mm -hmm. animation, uh, it's something that could grow into uh, other ex expertise and just snowball oh, yeah. into something. Totally. That is so. Yeah. So that's roughly where we're trying to go in the future for Agora community. Yeah, yeah. That's just a little, a little snippet, a little, a little hint at the kind of things that are going rattling around <laughs> in our brains on a regular basis. Okay, next question. What do we got? Um, do you want to do one from the backlog or another one from chat? Uh, I'm tempted to go again uh, with, with okay. chat. I'm just trying to see what we mm -hmm. have there. Problem. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, I was looking at at Vero's. That that's not a question, but that's a very good. <laughs> I'm laughing at Petter's question. Petter, Petter, he 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 threatened that he would ask this question in class, and I'm just going to do it just so he can feel proud of himself. <laughs> awesome. It's because, it's because Stephanie, another classmate of his. We were looking at reference videos just like on the weekend, and um, I was like, "What are those de those black devices in the wall?" She's like, "Those are that, that's a power switch and a, a power outlet." I'm like, "I forgot you're in Europe. Like, they look totally different than they do here in the morning." I, it was like a, it was a it was a pretty naive moment for me, and then Petter thought that was really funny. So, awesome. you're welcome, Petter. Here's your claim to fame right there, bud. All right, uh, let's go into backlog. So the okay. first one that we have from the backlog, which is yeah. from Van Animator, which I think is here uh, today. Oh, he is. Oh. Let's go with yeah. uh, this one. Here. Hold on a second. Yeah. It's probably a better way of doing this, but this is oh, too many, too many, too many Ooh, 
Hold on. Let me, I got that, another way I think I can do it. Let me see if I can do this. After yeah, that, I'm Brent, gonna... we, we have to go with the question of Shrek 41. I have a good anecdote for this one. So I just I just typed it. It's my own comment, but this is actually Van Animator, so you don't get his cool little logo. But is it a red flag if a studio's organization takes a long time to respond to your emails, even if they have said they'll draw up the contract and get it off to you by a specific day? And then they, they <laughs> that, don't. that that sounds like an experience. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Are you, is this you know like this is fictional, right? This is in the nonfiction. Uh, so this is in the fiction se set, um, section of the library. Yeah. I um. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that another thing that artists are, other than um, we're, we're not only are we perfectionists, we also tend to be we tend to be highly sensitive individuals, and so we 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 you know we start doubting ourselves. Like maybe they don't like me if I said something really stupid. Like what did I do? Oh my god, I totally suck. I knew it. I sh should never gone down this path. I should have just been a banker. <laughs> you know, it's like we just you know this is something we tend to do, and it's hard. I get it, especially hard when you don't have a but a number of years of experience that has been enough to prove to you that you are you can be successful. Like it all, it's all wrapped up into the imposter syndrome problem that we all have. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a good question. I think that don't stress is probably the, the best <laughs> advice because there are probably other companies, but yeah, don't be a pest. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. There's... Don't email them every fucking second. That don't, you don't want to do that because that's going to make you kind of look like, uh, I don't know, maybe a little, it, maybe you need, you need the job a little bit too much. It could know. be a big deal or it could be nothing. Uh, by yeah. a big deal, I mean, maybe they, you know, ended up not having the contract anymore and they are just yep. trying to totally. get their shit together and <laughs> they just forget to get back to you. Totally. Which, which in the, this case, it, it's mm. not great from, from their part, but it, yeah. it happens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe whoever was supposed to send it just forgot or is not well organized uh i would say a polite re re reminder the, the the same day and then maybe another one the 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 following day and then you wait three yeah. days and yeah, then a week it. and then that's yeah. done that's <laughs> it like... that's it let it go it's gone yeah i've seen people go. in situations like this where it's like it literally goes days and days and days and they're fretting and then they get the call and they got the job you yeah. you do not underestimate the level of complete chaos that a production could be sometimes and getting back to you is um as far as the totem pole of 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 fires that they need to put out is low on that totem pole like it's not a big enough problem for them and so they're not going to get back to you before they like literally you know douse and a gigantic fire on the floor with with whatever they need to put out the fire with so it's you got to you know you never really know like david said and and but also it could be something it could be that they just they are maybe because you have to also can consider that some of the people that are doing these kind of jobs, these recruiter type people, they're not all good at their job. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, David and I have had good laughs over the years of some examples of this. We're just like, why would someone like that's like how like that doesn't seem to like some of the wording and some of the passive aggressive attitudes we've seen. It's it, it it people are human. They're not perfect, right? So maybe just maybe they don't know how to tell you that you don't have the job because maybe that part is really hard for them and they just don't know how to do it and they just hope you're going to go away. Or maybe you know maybe they just they're just overloaded and bad with time management. They haven't got around to it yet. So yeah, I, I think David's got the best advice. You just you I think no one's going to fault you for saying and sending an email that day when you thought you were going to hear like, towards the end of the day. Just wanted to know if there's an update. You know just just don't you know don't mind me. Um, and then maybe wait a couple of days and then do it again and then do wait. A, and then by a week you do it one more time and then yeah that's it because at that point you're not doing your, you're not gonna you're not gonna better you're not, you're not increasing your chances of getting a job by pestering them with more emails so you have to think of it like that right it's like okay they you've sent it three times 
that's the best you can do. You, you yeah. cannot convince them with emails to get to hire you. So yeah. you just have to let it unfortunately sit and it may come back still, but it might not. I think it's a good time to start making sure you're putting more out there and looking, tapping other people for jobs. Yeah. Just in case. Uh, another thing I, I would say, another problem that I've seen mm -hmm. is, uh, and it can be a recruiter or any manager or anyone to, to, to that regard is people with more than 5,000 email in their inbox. They're, they're not even able to go through the, the, the uh, income of new email on a, a daily basis. So I would say if, if email don't work, you are supposed to receive a, a, a contract and you have someone you know, perhaps a friend at, at that studio, uh, it, it would not be crazy to try to use maybe other a stream just to uh, get to understand what what is going on because if the person just forgot and their email is completely uh, there's a massive backlog and that's your only way to communicate with uh, uh, that person you might want to try to 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 find another way to yeah. uh, to to meet them <laughs> um, but yeah I would say or in uh, in <laughs> that's maybe a little bit be, uh, beside the point. It's not specifically for, for a contract, but another thing when you're sending your, your showreel, um, you know, if you don't have an answer after a week, it, it, it's fine. Uh, they're probably receiving a lot of showreel. So just send your showreel in many places, maybe do one follow-up just to make sure that they had it. If they don't answer, it's fine. Just keep working at your... Uh, um, Enterograph and as uh, I think it was Manny, right? That uh, uh, did that. That each time he had a new piece in his showreel, uh, yeah. yeah. And he was sending a oh, by the way, have a new update. So yeah. it's like a, a reminder, but at the same time, yep. it doesn't it's, feel awkward and annoying because yeah. well, it, it makes sense. There's a new piece of totally. in there that You're might change updates. your perception. Yeah. There's an update. So yeah, yeah it, it's exactly. Going to, to, I think uh, to come tone is really important right like you want to make sure that you're coming off as being positive and like you know accepting being being mature enough to accept that maybe you don't you didn't make the cut but that doesn't mean that you're never going to make the cut so you just have to simply be like just at, take an attitude of this is a journey that uh, doesn't end here just because I didn't get the job. I'm going to show you what I'm capable of. Because another thing, don't be don't be the opposite of that. The, the type of person just puts out a demo reel and they've only they only have the one and they put it out there. And just keep putting the same one out there for years and they wonder why I don't get a, they don't get a job. It's like be the person who's proactive and continuing to evolve and then updating all those same contacts so that they can see it. Maybe there's going to be a point where you cross that minimum expectation and then you get the job. Or, mm. you know, like, like, like he was saying, like it got to the point where some recruiters were really almost bonding with him with this experience to the point where they were kind of excited to see some of these updates and they kind of started rooting <laughs> for him. They almost wanted to get him a job because he kind of earned it, right? Because he was working for it. He wasn't being an annoying person. He was just keeping people updated because I mean, at the end of the day, recruiters do want to hire you. That's the thing. You have one thing you have to remember is they want to. You have to give them reasons to to hire you. And sometimes it might just be that that the you know maybe they're they're showing that to a to a director and they're like oh, I don't know I feel like they're not quite good enough. But that message doesn't necessarily get back to you. I wish that the industry was better at a whole. And when you get shot down, you get told why. I yeah. will try to. T I usually go out of my way to say something if I have the opportunity to do so because I think it's important that they know because I don't want them thinking like was it my personality like was it like what was it mm -hmm. and I could I can you know just throw them a bone so that they know what they can work on so maybe next time they have a better chance getting the job. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love that. I think that's a genius idea. This idea of just uh, like it's a it's a more of a blog. I think he's what he called it. It's like a getting hired job blog. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, started. I remember it literally. I remember when I sent my uh, a show reel to to DreamWorks. It literally took one year from the moment that I put my show reel in the mail and put the address and hope that it would fly and get to the mm. to the moment that I got an email. Hey, we just received your your your, your show reel. Obviously, that was in a pile somewhere that just mm. randomly gets it. So maybe it's, it's a theme that's going to come back often but you know sometimes just just patience yep, is that's also it. part of the uh equation yeah um, just yeah just stay away from passive aggressive or entitled like you know emails that is definitely something you want to be very careful of because i've seen them sometimes people that are young they don't know and they tend to they let their emotions spill out into the email a little bit and that is definitely not a road you want to go down because then you'll make a name for yourself as that person who is like you know this entitled young animator who wants to get a job and they're like almost demanding it. It's like, you don't want to be that person. Trust me. Cause the news travels quickly with these little circles and um, you just want to keep it professional at all times, whenever possible, you want to always stay on point. Okay. What's next. Uh, I got a really interesting one here that I kind of feel like I have to talk about and just, I don't know. Cause it's so, it's so it. interesting. Um, so this one here, and I'll have to clarify cause he had a follow-up uh, comment. I have a very destructive workflow that can sometimes <laughs> can sometimes make the animation harder for me than it should be. Any tips on how I may get around that? And then he, they qualified that with, Oh, um, uh, I mean, I'm talking about controls fighting each other. <laughs> like, so funny. Cause when I first read it, I was like destructive workflow. Like, should, do you want me to, should we call somebody? Like, are you going to be okay? <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's, so everything's gonna be fine um so um that's a good one and I, I, honestly i don't know how many years of experience you have um this kind of comes with experience in my opinion and it comes down to workflow yeah. in general you want to like i mean i it's it's everyone's different everyone thinks different i have a very less is more approach and i layer my animation like cake i always start with big broad strokes i'm a very pose to pose kind of person i plan out my scene i block out the timing and the overall composition um not everyone does this um some people are a little bit more like they shoot a reference and they just break it down right away and they're almost sitting keys like every four or five frames that is definitely not me i don't like doing it that way but some people swear by it so it comes down to it's not a right or wrong thing it's what's right for you maybe your workflow might not be right for you maybe that's why you feel like it's destructive <laughs> and maybe you should try other ways so you need to expose yourself to other ways of doing it i think is what i would suggest and then you might come up with like a hybrid formula that is like a little bit of this one a little bit of that one something that sort of like diversifies your your strategy and it makes you feel like you're not being a wrecking ball when you're in that scene and i don't know you haven't you didn't post any specifics you're saying you're fighting with controls but something is like i'm this an, so ex, i don't know if you can relate to this but an example i see with a lot of young animators is they have and when I say young animators, I don't mean they're young in age. I mean like new animators. Um, so I see a lot of people with rigs, Maya rigs. Some rigs can be a little overly complicated, much much more so than they need to be. And I, it's one thing that I really have grown to dislike about rigs when you have multiple controls that control the same thing, but in a different way. So new animators will often find themselves in a pickle because I've seen things like a pelvis rotated or like the root control rotated like, 360 degrees and then the individual lower half body like pelvis control counter animated 360 degrees because they're not paying attention and then when they try to interpolate between poses it's like a friggin it's like spinning like a top and this these these kind of things just take time 
honest to God, it just, it's like, oh, right, of course. And you have to set rules for yourself. And that's, that can be, you have to learn that on every production because different productions can have different types of rigs because the rigger has got a different philosophy. And you just have to sort of like pick up on that and come up with like a rule book. And that usually comes with experience animating and experience animating specifically with that kind of rig. And eventually you'll come up with a workflow. And always, you know, if, if you are already on the job, don't be afraid to tap some of the more, um, more, um, I don't know, trying to, like more experienced animators that might be on the team because they might already have some really good workflows. I always know the people that I'm going to tap, you know, there's always somebody on the floor that, you know, is like, they're like, they always have the way, you know, like they're like gifted when it comes to like approaches and leveraging the rig in a smart way. Just go and ask them. I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you about it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You, you covered it pretty much it all the way. And when I see a destructive workflow, I'm oh, thinking yeah. about counter animating That's different it. controllers that yeah. are basically doing the, the same thing exactly. using multiple <clears throat> layers, meaning that the yeah. seventh layers, you're not really sure what it's counter. Yeah. Not naming point. your layers. Oh my God, God forbid. Yeah. So it, it's almost <laughs> like, you know, when you're young, you have a lot of energy, but you're yeah. not really wise. So you just yeah. go in circles and That's you it. animate as fast as you can. And at some point you're like, shit, I have to redo yep. everything. You got totally. like, no idea. And, and when you get older, you, you have less energy, but you get a little wiser. So yeah. you move slower, <laughs> but each That's time it. you take a, you move a controller, you know exactly <clears throat> why you move it. it. And it's yeah. almost youth. It's like chess. You, you think a few moves ahead. You already know what you'll be doing. Half exactly. an hour after what you're 100%. doing uh, right now. So that's, uh, I would say. a really good analogy. Yeah. Because it is like that. Totally. Oh, it, it is totally. Yeah. Because when you when you have experience, it's, it, you know, yeah. you know pretty much where you are going. You exactly. know all of you the steps. You know roughly yeah. how long each step are going yeah. to, to take. So you yeah. can attract uh, time. And yeah, you, you know how not to screw your future yeah. you. Yeah, uh, right exactly now. but you need to get screwed enough times to like learn how to not get screwed because those things often are hard lessons that you want you you normally have to learn on your own i know i get asked this in class all the time like hey how would you handle this and i'm like geez <laughs> like i mean i don't even know where to start because it depends on so many variables like you'd have to give me a specific case with a specific rig with a specific like thing that you need to do for me to even like and then you could sort of i could try to explain why i could pick a, up an approach and i would tell you why i would take that approach but even then you'll be like okay but like th that's not necessarily going to make you suddenly understand how to solve all the other problems experience yeah. my friends you just have to put yourself out there and try and yeah. also watching like if you can watch demos of people animating that's amazing because you can watch them kind of navigate through these tricky scenarios and it allows you to sort of like kind of oh wow i never thought of doing that way that's awesome um also mm. taking a look at some some tools like animbot and a bunch of other tools out there help simplify some of these more complicated sort of scenarios um and there's a lot of people there demoing these kinds of tools and that might open your eyes a little bit as well but yeah i think just exposing yourself and trying things and gaining that experience and it's just part it's it's a ritual that we all need to go through all of us. It's like a hazing period to animation. I remember myself that I really felt like there was this overwhelming urge of like, before I really found a way of doing it, I, I tended to like, I'd be, I was one of those people that would animate just the hips first. You know what I mean? I would hide everything else or just animate a ball and then, then and then like constrained it to the hips and like, because it's like, well, because it all starts with the hips. And that seemed like a genius idea until I'm like, this is really terrible. Like, I don't know. And I still know people that do it and they get away with it. They're professional animators that still think in passes like that. And if it works for them, who am I to say, man, if they can make a living off of it, doing it that way, and they can, they can like predictably and repeatedly get the shots done on time and quality, like, 
Yeah. Nobody like I'm go for it. So you got to just try things until it, it, it clicks with you. But for me, yeah. I can't do it like that anymore. We, we had an animator at uh, ADAS. He was using so many layers in, in Maya mm. for his animation. No one else was able to, to oh, go wow. in this. It's just oh, man, it would have been scary was, there. Uh, going yeah. on. But, you know, it mm. was working for him. And yep. this is how he was used to do things. And he was yep. quite yep. Uh, uh, productive with yep. that uh, technique. So you have to figure out... And I mean, I remember the first time I saw Richard Lico animating a, a run yeah. in like 20 minutes. I was like, okay, like, that, what? that's a different dimension that I <laughs> totally. didn't figure out that we could animate this yeah, uh, the, yeah. The, the, this way. So yeah. that's not something we'll have time to go uh, uh, over tonight, but it, it just... But he's going to be on Google the stream it. soon. He's going to be on stream. He's on he the will. schedule. Yes. Yeah. I think It'll it's August, it. if I remember correctly. July? Always a, yeah, August 14, I think. Something like that. He's on there. Um, you can take a look at the schedule if you're curious. But he's that's that's going to be an interesting talk. We can, okay, I can't wait to just, just dig into that, just what it must be like. Well, I mean, he's got lots to talk about. I mean, obviously, he left the Bungie to start up um, the, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Where they made Moss? What's that game called again? Uh, the, the company called that they worked for? Oh, he's, I think he kind of co-founded it. Uh, Poly Polyarch? Oh, Polyarch. That's Polyarch. right. That's the name. Uh, you're totally yeah. right. So yeah, he went on to then the first game that they put out was Moss in VR. And it was a very critically acclaimed. I think it's still one of the highest rated VR games that you can actually get your hands on. It's very good. Mm -hmm. And then definitely way, way outside the box thinking on it too, where most VR games were kind of, you know, kind of cookie cutter trying to do the same thing. They were like, why don't we do something completely different? And they, they nailed it and people really liked it. So that'll yeah. be a good chat. Yeah, it, it's a it's a funny story that I'm sure that we'll we'll get oh, into. Yeah. But basically, went into a, a personal situation that like, okay, I cannot work eighty hours anymore. Yeah. I yeah. need to be more efficient. And what mm. he figured out is not like slightly more efficient. It's like ten oh. x yeah. more efficient. It's, exactly. Uh, okay, what what used to mm. take me like two hours, which is which was very fast already, mm. cut this down to twenty minutes. I don't yeah. have time to crazy to mess around. So anyway, yep. they'll be yep. and it's not just the it's not just efficiency though it's also like the quality of his animations are like exquisite so it's like it's like I, it doesn't even make any sense it's sort of like that the holy grail he's discovered so yeah so the 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 only reason i wanted to bring that that example when we thought think about fighting against a ring finding yeah. it hard because it can be really hard totally. or it can be super quick and yeah. very easy yeah. it, it's just how yeah. you, you you approach it it could be the rig you're using exactly it could be something as simple as that like the philosophy that goes around like because the the rig itself should fit into a philosophy of animation and so the way that the way that richard uh, uh animates he does it uh in a like like the rig like he doesn't even really have a traditional rig it's more a series of scripts which is interesting i mean it has a skeleton that's deforming a mesh but that's not your traditional kind of like i got like ik controllers i have hip controller it's it's very different so if you haven't if you haven't checked this stuff out i, I really suggest you do and don't end there continue to look see consume as many of these workflows as you can yeah. um uh, Brett, earlier we had a question from Shrek41. Uh, I don't know if you're able to scan uh, to. Uh, yeah, scroll I can scroll back. back. Yeah, Shrek. Shrek41. Looking, looking. Yeah, there it is. How important is drawing in relation to 3D animation? Is this the one? Yeah, that's the one. Mm -hmm. and, and because th that's one that I uh, I like because I, I don't think we had it yet, but that's a question mm -hmm. I've had a lot, mm -hmm. uh, especially when I. Uh, was uh, teaching and I always want like to 
uh, remind a little uh, story of mine of how I went, uh, been accepted in, mm -hmm. in school in the, uh, in the first place. In the uh, category of let's uh, uh, keeping it uh, humble, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was half decent in drawing, but I was not amazing. I was never uh, the best of my, my my class or anything. But the the school that I went to, that I'm not going to name here in, in Montreal, we basically had three schools in, in Montreal. It was yep. one of those three, and it was not the best one. Uh, <laughs> but and for them, it was only about drawing skills and i was like mm. i i just did three years of graphic design i already know animation i did a stop motion film i was eight years old i'm a, a musician i understand rhythm i know computer really well i was already doing a little bit i was basically like i have everything <laughs> that, that, that i need to have a shot of maybe being good at this thing and you're going to only judge drawing all right, well, I have a roommate that is amazing at drawing. How about I show you his drawing? Then you're going to accept me, and then uh, uh, I'll show you that, uh, you know, drawing is, is not essential. Uh, so I went into, and, you know, it, it went well. It, it, uh, uh, I did pretty well. Uh, is drawing important uh, for 3D animation? I would say it's definitely uh, an asset. It's yeah. especially for posing. Uh, if you know how to draw, um, facial expression, drawing, uh, uh, posing, and all that is is something that's going to come natural to you. Totally. Uh, rhythm might not be. How to use a computer <laughs> might not be. How to be efficient. How to be a good person and help people around you. How to absorb uh, the uh, knowledge of uh, people. There, there's hundred other things that you might not have, but a creative sensibility for posing and expression and appeal in general is something that you're going to 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 have. So I would definitely, uh, and that's something I, I worked a little bit o o over time, but I never considered myself a, a good at drawing. And where did I struggle the most in animation? At posing my character and mm -hmm. at, at uh, appeal. Shocking. So fortunately, I was twice as fast mm. as, uh, as all the others. So I all of this just to end up at the same finish line because I mm. was spending so much totally. time into crafting those poses because for me, it was not uh, natural. Uh, so yeah, it, it's important, but it's important as so many other things in, yeah. uh, in animation. I think uh, it's like what David nailed it when he said it's it's not it's not it's not a requirement it's an asset and I think the reason why it's an asset is it, it's not even necessarily an asset per se it's just that it's a good indicator that you will actually already have a body of knowledge that you could leverage into the sort of the posing aspect the composing and silhouette and staging part of the job and it's just because drawing is part of the course. You need to know those things. Otherwise, you wouldn't be much of an artist. So you can eliminate all the technical stuff and just worry about just life drawing, learning how to train your brain on how to recognize a form and how to kind of recreate that and even, even stylize that and perfect that and push that pose um, is all you need is a pencil and like a piece of paper and something it's like a subject matter to draw. You don't need a computer and the software and all the other things you need for 3D animation. So it's like a low tech way of learning these very, 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 it could be very, it could be argued very easily, maybe the most important skill, because if the poses are bad, everything's going to be bad. Let's face it. Um, so 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I have a fun anecdote. I, I used to teach at Dawson over here in, in Montreal, and we went through this epiphany over there on the, on the faculty where we, we recognized that this was a thing. We were still, because you needed a portfolio to get into that, that course at Dawson, and they, you still do. You need to submit a portfolio, and you have to do an actual test, like a real-time test, like a drawing test. And it's not just a drawing test, but it's also like a creativity test or test that you need to do live. And this is, of course, to sort of catch people that might be cheating on their portfolios, because if we see we, and we get this every once in a while, sadly, an amazing portfolio and then someone who can't even draw a stick figure in the test. And you're like, come on, buddy, really? So hmm. oh, I was really stressed. I just I couldn't. I just froze up. Yeah, OK, sure. <laughs> so um, but that we recognize that we were turning away people on a regular basis that couldn't draw and weren't getting into the course, but could be the, the next, you know, freaking you know glenn keen like some well glenn keen's maybe a bad example because he's a 2d animator and he can draw the hell out of anybody but you get my point my point is is we some people that were born to be an animator but maybe born to be a 3d animator were not making it into the course which seemed kind of criminal and and really tragic and so we for years talked about how can like what's the like what is the litmus test then because how do you do that how do you because the reason why we have a portfolio in the first place is because a lot of people apply so we need a way of sort of picking some people to get in and when naturally if you pick the top group that is going to be able to perform your resulting graduating class will always be better and everyone gets a better experience because if you have some people that are just not qualified at all mixed in with a bunch of people that are like like super really overqualified then you end up with the, the slower people dragging the, the, the faster people down and, and and vice versa like you know the, the, the really talented people really kind of taking the, the wind out of the sails of the other people down to the bottom rung so we it's it's a dilemma so it's it, the reason why it still per, uh, permeates and it's talked about still is because people don't know what the next way of testing is we can't expect everyone to have the software at home and they do an animation test to get in then it's not necessarily very viable but i get why it's still out there and why people still talk about it but as far as i'm concerned it's not it's just an asset hmm. yeah don't stress about it that's for sure um yeah. how about we take one for the backlog again i have one that i want to bring up um do it. This one here. Let's see here. I'll do it. I'll do it like I did last time. It's, it's way easier. Like this. There it goes. And I'll just pose it, put it up here. There we go. What are your favorite and least favorite parts of working in the animation industry? This question is from Rachel, Rachel Knight Art. Wow. Yeah. That one is a tough one because <laughs> there, there mm -hmm. could be so many reasons uh, uh, on, on both sides. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's just pick one of the uh, favorite parts. Um, one of my favorite parts in animation was definitely in pre-production of every pro project, um, making all the research that mm -hmm. goes to know yeah. the subject matter and, and the character. Uh, you know, we we did. Uh, I did a, uh, a little short film that was a a, a ripoff of uh, Finding Nemo with fish. So just analyze, yeah, how does a fish, you know, propulse himself mm -hmm. forward? How does it stop? How does it behave? How does it? What are the eyes uh, doing? And obviously, then translate that to a cute uh, character at the beginning of uh, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, looking a lot of martial arts. Okay, how? Is this animal moving, and what is this martial arts style, and how are we going to merge those, 
those two. So a lot of video uh, analysis, a lot of shooting reference herself, a lot of just exploration. Um, and it, it was the, 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 the same thing, uh, the beginning of the, the, the crude with the creature, a lot of research for uh, both animal locomotion on one side, but comedy on the other side. And you're like, okay, let's say that one of the first creatures I animated was the uh, turkey fish. So, okay, we have this uh, kind of monster turkey, but has a tail of a fish. So, okay, probably evolve. It used to be a fish. It's, the evolution is slowly beginning to be a turkey. So it's going to be aggressive. But at the same time, it's going to be clumsy, right? Because it's not totally used to the ground yet. So clumsy and aggressive, that's an interesting contrast. So, okay, how do we take, uh, you know, ferocious creature, analyze their motion, but take comedy at the same time? And how can we... So all this research that goes before uh, animating is always one of the things that... And if you have the, the, the chance to not stay at the same studio for 20 years working on the same kind of project which means that you're basically repeating mm. slightly improved recipe yeah. uh, compared to what you've done uh, before then it becomes very challenging and, and very uh, very fun to make all of those uh, the, uh, all of this pre-production time for sure what about the uh, least favorite uh least favorite least favorite um I would say overtime is one that, that mm. is coming to mind, although I don't feel I've suffered from, from it as much as people that, that, that I saw uh, at studio. I always had the habit that, first of all, I never, well, not never, but let's say past the first three years uh, of my career, uh, never going to work uh, uh, on the weekend. And if I have to stay in the evening, I'm going to come back home, have dinner, and then go back, at least have it three hours just... Mm. This clean uh, slate spent yeah, yeah spend time with the uh, the family uh and then after that i'm going to 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 go back uh but i've seen some people that were oh, yeah. so burned out by yeah. working like 60 70 yeah. hours on long period of time yeah. to the point that you, you just want to tell them okay dude take a step back what are you doing yeah why why are you spending all of this time to kill yourself on mm. a on just one <laughs> other project uh it's not even for the the uh, uh overtime uh salary at that point it, it it's not even to please your supervisor anymore it's you don't even know anymore why yeah. you're doing it you're <laughs> just in this treadmill yeah. Yeah. So I would say it's not something I, I feel I experience uh, myself that uh, that much or a little mm. bit, but I had a lot of, of you know endurance and resilience, so I don't feel that uh, it was too bad. But I've witnessed to a, a lot of people in our industry how toxic for them it, it can be yeah. when they just kill themselves uh, at work totally. because it, it's a mix of you know you have the pressure of the uh, of the production and at the same time it's creative, so it's never really finished. You just continue to to work on it. You always compare yourself with other amazing artists you have a little bit of the imposter syndrome on the side so you've kind of feel obligated mm -hmm. and yep. if on top of that you have the freelance and the studio is fun to say you just lose perspective and yeah. it's uh, it can be a very on one side it's very fun but on the other side you lose perspective of when it's yep. too much 
Yeah, you, I, I think you, you you touched on this too. Like the idea is like, why are you doing like one thing that is for sure when people are doing that all the time, what's happening is they're there, but they're not more productive. They actually the law of diminishing returns starts to kick in, and then they start to become counterproductive, and they start to make sloppy mistakes, and they're just there. And I mean, in some cultures, some studios have broken cultures, and there's almost an expectation that they see people at their desks working all the time because I find that the people who run the studio are just. I don't know, like not, not the type of people I like to hang out with. That's for sure. It's like they they don't understand production well enough and they don't they're just the, the type of people that feel good about themselves and the company thinking that there's success coming from people doing hard work, you know, and hard work. I mean, like as as a, as a famous tech animator once said and continues to say on a regular basis, work smart, not hard. And I think that that is at the end of the day what you want everyone to be doing. And um, sometimes the culture may not be compatible with that attitude. Mm -hmm. um, I'll try to give my 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 favorite and my my uh, my least favorite. I think the my favorite. I would agree that was definitely on the top of my mind. This it's the it's the nerding out part. I mean, I love nothing more. And I I talk a lot about this in my intro to animation class that I animate. When we talk about we do a, a flying saucer exercise and we talk about like what happens when you have to animate something that you can't get reference for. And we get to do this big deep dive on like, well, you get to actually have fun researching things and finding a suitable replacement, a proxy to that thing. It's what creature animators always have to do. Right. And I think that that part of like I, I, if you're if you're like me, I love learning about things. So like, I mean, it's an opportunity to learn things you normally wouldn't learn. And it makes you unstoppable at trivial, trivial, trivial pursuit nights with your friends if that ever happens again. <laughs> Um, but I think, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I already picked this one, Brent. You need to pick another one. I know, I'll pick another one. So I think <laughs> another one, another one I, I, I was on the top of my mind was, um, I think just, I think it's just, it's the people. I mean, we're a, we're a strange group, right? I think mean, animators, there are different types of animators and it doesn't mean that all animators get along, but there, we are definitely in a niche sort of section of society that chances are you're going to get along pretty well with most of them because we are pretty like-minded for the most part. And um, I don't know, some of them, some of my best friends are from this industry. And I mean, I don't think that's just because I work with them. I think it's because I think that they're awesome people and, and they're creative and they're funny. And, and I just, I just love that collaborative nature. I mean, nothing, nothing, nothing gets me more excited than being in a room full of a bunch of people that are good at brainstorming with one another. Because I mean, the people that are, they leave their egos at the door. They don't believe that they, they, they totally go in with the, with the attitude of like, there's no, there's no such thing as a bad idea. We're just going to go in there and you're safe with one another. And you just, and I don't, hopefully you've, you've witnessed this yourself before. Um, I have a number of times over the years, and those are the relationships that you will always remember. And they're the type of people that are going to call you one day and they're going to go, I got a new job um, and we need people just like you. And you're going to be like, I'm moving. I don't care where you are. I'm coming to you because, and I've been tempted many times in the past because of this, because those are the kind of like those kind of bonds that are going to form with compatibly creative minds that are very good at collaborating. This is electric. I wish I could just put that in a bottle and sell it. I'd be a millionaire. That would be, yeah. I think, one of the things for sure on the top of the list. So it's yeah, great people. I, I have to agree with you on this one. The, the number of friends that I had that were jealous of how many friends I made <laughs> at my workplace, yeah. wherever uh, I was in the yeah. uh, industry. I mean, you're surrounded with people that are roughly around your age or mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially when we started, like no one was older <laughs> was, than twenty five. Like yeah, twenty five, exactly. you're already already old. Totally. But they're all creative. Mm. They they're all you know tech savvy. They're uh, so it's 
yeah, I, I agree. A lot of my good buddies were pretty jealous of you know just the relationship that we could yep. form in this in this room in general. And you're gonna be working with really smart people too, like people that are just fun to be around, like you know, like creative, like engineer, like thinkers. Because I think people that work in this industry, video games, film, you gotta be a little bit like that. All of us, we're all a little bit like an engineer. Some more mathematical than others, and some a bit more creative than others. But in the end, there is like a common thread. That's why, like, that's why I love the video game industry, even though they're some. You could you could be hard pressed to find people that are more different than an animator and a and a programmer, but yet like there are actually lots of similarities which are really entertaining and there's these amazing bonds that form across those sort of uh, those uh, those department lines that are always going to be entertaining and always very interesting to watch. Um, so the least the least exciting or the least favorite I think would be the politics. I'm not even going to think twice about this one. This is the thing I don't <laughs> like the most, and this comes unfortunately when you when money's involved. And there is like, it's an operation. You're going to have some people that just don't know how to wield power. You're going to have people that just have the wrong ideas to like how they, how the culture of the company should, should be um, sort of cultured or sorry, cultivated and, 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 and uh, um, uh, nurtured. And th there's going to be moments where you're just going to be like, you know what? Like, wow. And, but you know what the good news is, is that, they're not, not all the places are like that. And, and what I might find really toxic, another person might find super fine. And it's, it's, it's up to them, right? I think the, the key is to find a place where you do fit in culturally and you don't like, and you're never going to fit in hundred percent. There's always going to be some, somebody who you think is an a-hole is it's an unavoidable thing. But um, I think there's a difference between feeling like you're outnumbered, you know, um, versus just, you know, feeling like there's a couple people to maybe avoid. Um, that's, that's, that's par for the course. You're not always going to find a place unless you're working a very small team. Sometimes very small teams, like they just like, they should just get married and like move to an Island and populate an Island because they just all get along so well. And that happens every once in a while. I think that's why people are really addicted to small teams is because they want that family feeling that happens when they're very careful with who they hire. And cause that can feel cool. If you're going in, you're excited every day to go to work because you know who you're going to be working with that day. It's got to be a pretty good feeling, but you could still get that, that is bigger companies because hopefully your team is going to be at least a number of people on your team that you feel like that with and it's going to feel really great but politics do get in the way sometimes unfortunately more than they should and they kind of drive me crazy yeah it's funny someday we were talking about that politics in the workplace and there's someone that was candid enough to say uh guys when you say politics what what do you mean and basically for me politics is when people are not telling you or others in a room exactly what they think or exactly. exactly they they are saying what they think should be yeah. heard to get to this yeah. uh to whatever their goal uh, is which might not be the benefit it's usually for for them it's so manipulation it, yes exactly and so it's, it, it's, it's go ahead it's just playing the game of, oh, okay, that person is in this meeting. So if I say this thing is going to make me look smart and I'm going to in some point and maybe eventually. I'll, and it's all this, you know, thing that is going on instead of just telling what you think in, in the moment about whatever you've been. Exactly. 
I, I, I get the feeling like it's almost like some people take Game of Thrones a bit too seriously. It's like they watched it and they're like, I'm going to try some of that shit at work. And, you know, I, I, what I, a, fun, a friend of mine recently uh, made a really funny comment when some of the some stupid politics were going on on the job and and they, they started coining it stupid Game of Thrones <laughs> because it's like clumsy application of these political sort of maneuvers that just are very transparent and everyone knows, but they're doing it anyways and driving everyone bananas. But um, yeah, it, it happens. It, I, I, he's right 100% right politics really is at the end of the day when I say that it's like it's people that are they're they're looking out for themselves they're not looking out for their team they're not looking out for the product they may say that they're doing those things but it's very obvious that they're not they're looking for a promotion they're looking to mm -hmm. get like win favor from from their supervisor and they, buy, they sometimes may throw people under the bus just to do that it happens it happens to these studios unfortunately and um, it's but, i mean i mean they're like anything it's not binary there's different no. level of how oh, much you sure. politic but for but sure. someone that's really good it's it's it can be very toxic and yep. the reason yep. is that they're yep. going to spend most of their time trying to find what did you do wrong three weeks yeah. ago that they can yeah. bring back what yeah. example from that previous review mm. they're going to spend so much time to find the right arguments at the yeah. right angle at the right time to to prove the, their point and you do not have those hours because you're like no we're focused on the yeah. you know what matters is this thing yeah. that we're all creating yeah. together forward. at the end of the day it's the team and this yeah. thing that we're creating yeah. those are the two important thing totally. and i don't have three hours a day to dig yeah. into a vast no. amount of random information just to find the thing no. that's going to make you look bad exactly. so this is why when you have you need to you need to find a way to to either distance uh, 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 yourself or have a very candid discussion with them about you know we're all seeing what you're you're, you're doing it's not very productive no. please stop just, just yeah. stop and sometimes these bigger companies are a bit more guilty of it because as it, the company grows the the the, the people who like the executives who should be shutting that stuff down either they themselves are part of the problem or they're just too busy to be like on the floor enough to even realize this is happening. And these sort of, it's like, you know, it's like big schools. I don't know if you ever, like some people go to small schools. There's a little less of this bigger schools. It's just because these little cliques, they start to form and it's difficult to sort of like break some of those things down because they just sort of happen under the nose of people because there's too many things to sort of pay attention to. And, and it just happens. We're like, I think who someone said on our stream recently, we are tribal people, right? No matter what you do, like we're talking about this with companies. Who is it? Who were we talking about when that came up? The idea that a company, like that you can only grow to a certain size before eventually there's a desire to split and do it again. And yeah, like, I think it was with, uh, with Jalil that basically Jalil? you okay. get to, with two, 150 or 200 and then naturally yeah, right. you're going to split into two different talking groups. About the sweet spot of 150. Like once you get close to 200, it starts to, that, that strain starts to start to feel like you start to feel it. Like it's like, you can't keep that many people on the same wavelength for a, a, a extended period of time. It's not sustainable. So what's going to happen is it, you just can't, you can't hold them together. You either have to like, kind of split somehow and have different departments or or let some of these people go because they don't fit in anymore like it's it's difficult it's difficult it's really hard like to transition and it's interesting that his company is at that that tipping point and like like straddling that weird zone right now with the numbers that they have i think well, because he, he, Jared has been in big companies before he's been at yeah. weather he's been at dreamworks he knows what politics is oh, and, yeah. and you know he, he knows that when it's extremely difficult how can you yeah. have a one thousand people's studio without tribes and politics it exactly I, I, 
I don't know if it's even possible. So it's it's a good a good question. Do you want to pass this threshold and mitigate to the yep. best of your ability, um, and or or just say no, we're going to remain one little village, and that that's enough. exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, it's ten after. We got to go. I know. I need to go. I have to go to another meeting. I'm actually late <laughs> for it right now. So, um, I it's been a pleasure. We kind of got through a couple of the questions at least um, in the backlog, and we took another bunch. So uh, that's something. Um, I know people have been asking lately about specialists, special themed ones. We still plan on doing it. It's going to happen eventually. Just stay tuned. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we? Uh, uh, no, that was uh, exactly. I mean, uh, as we're going differently ahead of time, we're getting more and more questions in the backlog. Yeah, so we're just it. going to create uh, themes, and we'll that's be it. like, okay, tonight we. Fun. And e even in the in the schedule, with we'll okay, Q and A number seven, the theme will be like this. Yeah, uh, we'll already have three or four mm -hmm. questions in the backlog. Exactly. And any anyone in chat that is interested to have more questions Absolutely. related to this theme will be uh, welcome to. So I don't know yeah. if it's going to be next week or in the following week, but that's definitely something yeah, we're we'll going to. Uh, yeah, and that's go also going to uh, allow ourselves to try to, uh, you know, explore uh, yeah. various parts and eventually bring other people as well, because that would be, because uh, eventually, you know, uh, I'm sure the audience will appreciate not always seeing both of yeah, our faces. A, just, just have a little change once in just, a while. Yeah, at least a different just change in shape and color would be great. You know, it's you know, just the same thing every single time. At the very least, we can maybe swap positions. We can maybe help them a little bit by, you know. You mean I go to your place, you come to my no, place, no, and that, everyone would be like, what? Even cooler. <laughs> I meant like you're on the left-hand side of the screen and I'm on the right. But yeah, <laughs> if you want to like totally do like a house swap, we could do that too. Um, I, um, I Just one last thing to say is Wednesday... Um, which is tomorrow, believe it or not, is um, our conversation with Marc-Olivier Pliff, is, uh, who's uh, one of the co-founders of um, Chaos Mason, um, which is a, um, a, an, out, an outfit that, uh, that essentially outsources um, digital assets, mo mostly character stuff, right, I think? Is that mostly character stuff? It's mostly, mostly models. high-quality character for yeah. AAA video games. Yeah, like really high-quality stuff. <laughs> you've, let's put it this way. You've definitely, definitely played some of the characters that they've modeled. They're quite prolific. They've been out there for a while, and um, I'm sure that'll be interesting because it'll be similar in many ways to our conversation with Jalila. We'll just, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about that journey because he's had an interesting one as well. And uh, that should be pretty fun to, to, to talk to him. So come 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 tomorrow at 3.30 3, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Standard. That's when that conversation is going to be happening. Yeah. All right. Brent, well, David. Always enjoy. a pleasure. Yeah, always yep. a pleasure. I will see you tomorrow uh, during that conversation. And otherwise, have a good sleep. Yeah. Talk to you have later. a good meeting. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you later, everybody. I'm giving you my, my radio voice departure. See you later, everybody. Is that creepy? See you later, everybody. That's creepy. All right, I'll see you guys. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects, and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs, and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time, stay tuned and stay animated.